Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. What's going on, citizens? How are you guys? Hey, is it not good to gather as a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus? Are you excited to be together tonight? Good, good. You see, the Lord, the creator of the universe, when he has pursued you, when he saved you, he begins a work in you. And the reason why we're here tonight is because we believe, no matter where you are on your journey, okay, no matter where you are in this process, once God's got you, once he begins a work in your life, he is going to continue to move that work forward. And you, little by little, from one degree to another, you are going to look more and more like Jesus until the day you die, okay? And so we are excited to learn how to live like Jesus, how to live for Jesus together. Um, and one of the primary ways that we learn, one of the primary ways that we grow and that we are transformed, like What a word, huh, Caleb? What a word, transformed. Not just like slightly improved. Not just like I got a new mani-pedi and I'm feeling fresh. I mean like caterpillar goes into a cocoon and like ding, transformed. Metamorphosis. That is what's happening in your lives as students. And I believe that, guys, when you continue to pursue Jesus, when you continue to come to citizens every single week, even if you're not even a Christian yet, and you're like, yo, I'm just starting this thing. You keep coming, you keep learning, you keep leaning in, and you will not even recognize yourself a year from now, two years from now, four years from now. Where are my sixth graders at? Seven years from now, all right? And so I'm excited. One of the primary ways that we grow, that the Lord uses to transform us, is that we go ahead and we open up our Bibles. And so if you have your Bible, say, you, you. Give me a yeet. Give me a. No, no. Dude, the dab is so, or the, the dab, dab? The dab is so dead. I'm, I'm going to start a t-shirt movement in 2021, and it's called Resurrect the Dab. 30 bucks for a t-shirt. Yep, CJ's like, oof, too soon. Yep. I see you, CJ. Yep, that's right, getting called out. Um, hey, so uh, open up your Bibles. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, and I will throw one at you. I will make it Bibles rain from the ceiling. Lily, thank you. Why don't you go grab a whole stack of Bibles, Lily, with Mr. Paul and pass those out. Um, Does anybody here in this room not own a Bible? Like at home, you don't have a Bible. Maybe you had a Bible once and you got beat up at school and somebody stole your Bible. Like it was my Jordans, not my Bible. I got beat up at school once and they took my Bible. Cap, straight cap, yep. That means not true, okay, Welcome to Citizens. So, uh, yeah, you want to grab your Bibles every week that you come in. you got to do a few things, right? You grab a Bible. You grab your notes and a pen. And then you put your name in the Citizens raffle. Did anybody forget tonight to put their name in the attendance raffle so that they can win the $100 Vans gift card? If you forgot, I will let you. Just this week, I'll let you do it on your way out, okay? So on your way out, throw your name in there. Um, and we'll have a lot of fun. What's up, guys? Yes, come on forward. That's, that's what it means to be a citizen. We don't sit in the back. Ooh. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, let's get started. Let's get started. Tonight, everybody say tonight. Tonight, we are beginning a brand new series called 
Treasure. Treasure. Alternate titles included stacks on stacks, flushed with cash, and straight dripping. Um, all of those got vetoed by Courtney, except for treasure, God, and money. So that's what we're going to call it. Um, and so for the next few weeks, we're going to be in this series. Uh, next week, we're actually going to have a prayer and worship night as we respond to the Lord um, with prayer and what's in our hearts, because where your money is, there your heart is also. What? Bible, Bible stuff. Um, and then we'll finish it up the week after that. And so here is what is happening. This entire series, this entire uh, uh, sermon teaching series, it actually comes from a famous situation in the Bible that I suspect not even many of you know about. Okay? You're like, I know Jonah and the whale. I know Noah and the ark. And I've heard of Jesus in the tomb. Very good. Very good. That is Bible story 101, okay? Um, But there's another story that is just as famous in the New Testament that not a lot of Christians know about, but I think you should. There's a situation. There's an event. There is a, a current event that would have been on CNN, Twitter, Fox. I mean, it was trending in that world, in the ancient world. Trending is still a thing, right? Okay, cool, cool. It was going viral in the ancient world, um, and it's a key part of church history, okay? And we have this viral moment. We have this famous situation actually recorded for us in the scriptures. And so we're going to scroll back on my timeline a little bit, back to A.D. 50, okay? And so back here, this is the ancient world, okay? And right here, this is Jerusalem. And this is where Jesus, it was like, ooh, Jerusalem, okay? And so in Jerusalem, that's where Jesus came, right? That's where he was crucified. And in the immediate aftermath of his crucifixion, he dies. Three On the third day, he raises from the dead. He starts to appear to real live witnesses in Jerusalem. And so what do you do that day when you're walking around and you're like Snapchatting Kit Kats? Not Kit Kats, Kitty Cats. You could Snapchat Kit Kats. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. How many of you break off the Kit Kats? How many of you eat the Kit Kat like a savage right off the top? My dogs. My dogs. I see you. All right. And so they're Snapchatting, they're Snapchatting you know, uh, kitty cats and random shoe pictures and the ceiling. And then it's, oh, my gosh, Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead. I mean, this is dominating their news feeds. This is all of their messages. Jesus Christ is alive. And they begin to tell everyone. And there's a dude, right? There's this Jew named Paul. And Kelsey, Paul hates these Christians. Hates them, yes. He hates the Christians. And he actually starts killing Christians. Because they are saying that God's promised son is Jesus Christ. And that he is the real one. And oh, by the way, you guys killed him. And Paul's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not having this. Starts killing Christians. Well, you see, God is so good. God is so real. He pursues, just like I said earlier, he pursues this Paul and he saves him and Paul radically converts and he becomes the very thing that he was killing. And Paul becomes a Christian. And so Paul's kind of like me. Paul's not like, oh wow, thank you for that information. I'll keep that to myself now, introvert. Paul's like, oh for real? Oh for real? 
oh, for real? And he starts telling everybody. And so Paul goes on these journeys. He goes on these missionary journeys, and he starts traveling all the way up the coast, and he's telling everybody, yo, 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 you got to know, God sent his son. His name is Jesus. He's the king. We need to follow the king. And they're like, yo, for real? He's like, yeah, for real? Uh Uh-huh. Word? Yes. And so people all over the the north here, they start believing in Jesus. They go, I want to follow Jesus. I believe in him. And they get saved. And they believe and they get baptized. And he's like, great, we're a squad now. One, two, three, church. And then he moves on. And he starts another church and another church and another church. And so within a few years, there are these Christians, there are these followers of Jesus all over the ancient world. Your dude, Paul, he had some crazy pepperoni pizza one night. <laughs> you got that bubble gut, you know what I'm saying? And he's sleeping one night. He's like, oh, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. Vision from God. Come to Macedonia. He's like, yo, what was in that pepperoni? God's like, it's me. Come to Macedonia. He's like, pepperoni's God? No, it's me. Come to Macedonia. And Paul's like, say less. And he travels across here into Greece, also known as Macedonia. And guess what he does in Macedonia? Hear ye, hear ye. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. God sent Jesus to forgive us of our sins, to bring us into his family so that we can follow God by following his son, the king. And they were like, what? He's like, yes. They're like, for real? Yes. Baptized. Christians. You're like, that's so crazy. Why don't we do that? Look around. (laughs) We're doing it right now. This has been happening for thousands of years. Followers of Christ going all over the world, telling other people the good news of Jesus. Not going to beat them over their heads with Bibles. Not going around going, you you, you just, you're not good enough. You're not, no, going around saying, hey, yes, none of us are good enough, but God is so good. Come and experience life the way life was supposed to be lived. And he goes all over, and we have churches all over. And so Paul, he's here, and he's like, well, he's like Forrest Gump. He's like, I'm done. Time to go back home. And he goes all the way back home. And so homeboy shows up in Jerusalem, right? And here's where his news feed is blowing up. He finds out that his hometown, his family members, all the people that he grew up with, all the believers that he originally left, they are experiencing some of the craziest turmoil that they've ever experienced in their life. You could say it was straight 2020. There was a famine that was so bad that people were starving to death. People were so broke that they couldn't even afford a pot to pee in. That's an expression, not a historical statement. The believers, remember, they were like, yeah, one, two, three, church. Like, they're a squad. They're coming into church, and they don't even have enough money to afford communion elements to celebrate the Lord's Supper. I mean, the church was struggling. The whole community was struggling. And Paul says, man, this is rough. And he has an idea. He remembers, he remembers that these people here in this region are not alone. He remembers just just over the last few years how he had traveled from church to church to church. There is now extended family. The family of God has extended family all over the ancient world. And so Paul has a plan. 
Paul is about to travel back through all of these churches, follow the arrows, back to all of these churches, and he is going to take a collection. And he goes to all these cities, he goes to all these churches, and he goes, guys, our brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, they need our help. Our brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, why don't we put our money in the pot? Why don't we collect a little bit of yours? I'll come, you're not right, I'll come back. Let's do this for a few months and let us go back to Jerusalem with a huge gift just to show them we're with you, we love you, we care about you. How do you think people in the ancient world are going to react to the idea of giving money to people who live hundreds of miles away? How do you think people are going to respond to Paul's idea for an offering for people whom they have never met? How would you respond? How would you respond if I were to tell you that there are Christians hundreds of miles away who need, their, need help from their extended Christian family? How would they react? And for the next few weeks, we are going to tune in to what Paul calls the collection for the saints. And we're going to see their reaction. And I just tell, I'm going to tell you right now, straight up, you're not ready. You are not ready because the reaction is not what you would expect. Their reaction is so stunning. Their reaction is so beautiful that, th th that it's actually been captured in the pages of Scripture as a lasting testament to them and as an enduring example to you. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to look and we're going to see how is Paul's collection going. What do these Christians all over the map do with the money that's in their pocket? What do they do with the treasure that God has put in their hands. And as we look at this collection, my question for you is this, students. How do you handle the treasure that's in your hands? I'm broke. I'm only 14. <laughs> you still have something. How do you handle the treasure that's in your hands? And here's why I'm asking you now, before you have full-time jobs, and before you have careers, and before you're loaded and flushed with straight cash, okay? Because the habits that you develop now will, de will determine the habits that you have as an adult. The way that you handle your treasure now, whatever you do with what's in your hands now, just add a few zeros to it, and that's exactly what you'll do when you're older. And the idea that, well, no, when I have money, when I have more money, then I'll be more generous. No, no, no. If you just add a few zeros to zero, guess how much you're going to be giving when you're older? You're good. Zero, zero, point, zero, 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 repeating, zero. Roger, zero, niner, zero, okay? How do you handle the treasure that's in your hand? How do you, young man, handle the treasure that's in your hand? How do you, young lady, handle the treasure that's in your hand? I'm going to show you how they handled theirs. Let's get started. Verse 1. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave 
according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging, <laughs> begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. First thing we see here tonight as we look at the map, first thing we see is that God's invisible grace becomes visible. God's invisible grace becomes visible. Paul says, guys, 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 I got to tell you something. Guys, 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 you have to see this. You have got to see this. I'm like, what, what, what? What do I got to see, Paul? What do I got to see? He goes, look, 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 look. Look at the grace of God that has been given among the churches. Guys, 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 look, 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 look. Look at it. Do you see it? Do you see God's grace? Look, look, look. You got to see it. Do you see God's grace? Paul, um, (laughs) Paul, how, how do you see God's grace? How do you, what do you mean you want to, how do you see God's grace? Well, actually, let me ask you a different question. How do you see the wind? Guys, look at the wind. Broke your necks. Oh my goodness. I'll be here all week. How do you see the wind? The answer is not directly. You can't see the wind. You know that, right? Mike, you knew that? You cannot see the wind directly. You see the wind in the impact that it is making on other things. You see objects moved. You see objects bending under the power and the force of the wind. And you say to yourself, wow, look at the wind. It's so strong. Do you see the wind? Do you you see the wind? See, it's the same way for the grace of God. How do you see the grace of God given to and working among a group of people? Not directly. You see the grace of God in the impact that it is having on aspects of people's lives that can only be attributed to God's presence and power. You see his grace as it blows through people's lives, affecting the way that they talk, bending their attitudes, affecting their work ethic, sluggard. And so which aspect of their life is, being, is, is, is demonstrating the grace of God blowing through? Look what he says. In a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Which aspect is bending under the weight of God's grace? Their money. Look at God's grace. Where? How do you see it? Well, look at what it's doing to their money. Check it out. Look at the equation. The people in Macedonia, oh, they also were experiencing severe affliction. So we see that it was 2020 everywhere in the ancient world. It wasn't just in Jerusalem. The economy had affected them there. So they had severe affliction. Add to that extreme poverty. Oh, so Paul wasn't just going to the rich people to give to the poor. What? Severe affliction. Extreme poverty. What do you get when you add those things together? Tighten the belt, right? The, the, the Macedonian church, severely afflicted, extreme poverty. You would imagine that they're going to tighten the belt. Like, I don't know what that means. 
My dad uses that expression, and he's old. You must be old. I'll try another one. Budget cuts, okay? If you're poor and experiencing severe economic affliction, you're not giving out anything, right? Like, you're, you're counting your pennies. No more Chick-fil-A. No more Starbucks. There's always enough for Starbucks. No more, uh, you know what I mean, no more movie theaters, things like that. That's what I would expect. That's what I would do if I was one of the, the, the Christians in Macedonia. But what do we see instead? We see that when he goes to these other Christians and he tells them about his idea for an offering, we see that they add another element here. They add abundant joy. What? what? They have abundant joy in the equation. And when you add it all together, we see that the Macedonian church's result in a wealth of generosity. What? It results in them giving beyond their means. Giving away more of their money than they can probably afford. What? It results in them begging to participate. Literally, oh, please, 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 can you come take an offering at our church? We want to be a part of that. We want to give to them. We want to show them that we're with. Severe affliction, extreme poverty, and they're begging to participate. Even Paul admits, Paul goes, I'm not going to lie to you. This was not as we expected. <laughs> and everybody sitting here goes, that is not as we expected. And so you're sitting here right now, and you're like, oh, man, that's good people right there. No, that's God's grace. Do you get it? Wow, those Macedonians, they were all right. No, this is the tree bending. This is an example. God's grace is now visible because we see the way that they are handling their money. Have you ever seen a Christian do crazy generous things with their money? Talking to you students, have you ever seen a Christian do crazy generous things with their money? Here's a, here's a homework uh, assignment for you. Go home Ask your parents, and you may have never done this before, ask your parents how much they give to the church. And when they tell you, you're going to go, what? You give how much? Is that like a year? A month? Ask your parents how much they give to the church. And I bet you, even now as teenagers, as you're starting to understand a little bit more of money, you're going to be floored. And you're going to say to yourself, why? You may be shocked. You may wonder, why do Christians do such crazy, generous things with their money? Because just like a big tree bending under the weight of the wind, so too these people's wallets have been moved by the grace of God powerfully working in their hearts. When you see Christians doing crazy things with their money, don't be shocked. Praise God, because his visible grace, his invisible grace is now visible. You want to see the grace of God? We see it here, visibly moving in their lives. And Paul wants you to know that. Paul wants you to see how abundant God's grace has been poured out on these people. And do you know why he wants you to see it? Well, let me show you this. 
He says, this is not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urged Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, citizens, youth, you excel in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Why does Paul show us their example? Because number two, he wants you to let their grace be your example. See, Paul, he's writing this letter to the Corinthians. He's telling them. And through the scriptures, he's also telling you, young student, he wants you to know their example because ultimately he wants you to follow it. I'm not sharing with you this morning or this evening. I'm not sharing with you their example so we can all go, they're awesome. No, no, I want you to sit. I can't even be angry. I hate you. I can't even, I love them too much. I love them too much. He's not sharing this example so that we can just applaud them. He's ultimately sharing this, this example so that we can also walk in this act of grace. And so can we do, can you do me a favor? Can we look at their example really quick? Can you grab your pens and, and can we take some notes on, on their example? Look at their example. First thing we see, they gave themselves first to the Lord. When Paul passes around the plates, when he passes around the offering buckets, they pull their money out. They put the money in the bucket. Not so that Paul would be pleased with them. They put their money in the bucket. Not because they liked Paul and they wanted to do their homie a solid. They put their money in the buckets, not because they thought, if I do this, then Paul will owe me a favor. No, no, no. They did it, students, ultimately, because they were doing it as an act of worship. To who? To the Lord. They held their money. They put it in the bucket, and they said, I don't care who's collecting this right now. Ultimately, God, I am giving this to you. And then... And then, as they're giving it to the Lord, they realize, I will give it to Paul because this cause is the means. But what's the end? Who are we giving it to? The Lord. First and foremost, their act of giving was for God. I know this is not a surprise to you, but there are people out there who they like to give, but they give for the gram. You know what I'm saying? Do it for the gram. Do it for the Photoshop, the photo op and photoshop maybe let's write a huge check because yo if i write this check it'll do wonders for the brand right if i write this check i'll get a ton of publicity if i write this check it'll be like a form of marketing dollars and i get a tax write-off and if i get if i write this check and post it on social media yo my followers will blow up you know what jesus says about that Look what he says right here, Matthew 6. He goes, when you give to the needy, because that's what it is. Those people, they were needy. When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet. Hey, all of my merch people in here, CJ, this is for you. Sound no trumpet, great merch line. 
That's for free, okay? I just want a shirt. That's not 30 bucks. When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. That's like the ancient form of Instagram. They're like, yo, I'm about to write a fat check. Watch this. Check alert. Boom, 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 bah. Like, they like, hey, is everybody looking? Hey, guys, guys, are you looking? Are you looking? Right? That's what they're doing. Why are they doing it? Why are they sounding the trumpet? that they may be praised by others. There are people out there who are giving their money so that they can be praised by others. So that people will give them a like. And you know what, you know what God says? Check this out. He says, tell you what, that's my favorite. Truly I say to you, like if we were writing the Sam Cassis version, the SCV, it would say, and no doubt, no cap, for shizzle, they have already received their reward. Hey, God! Hey, God! Did you see what I gave? Did you see how much money I gave? What are you going to give me? And God says, you already got it. Students, when you give, don't do it for the gram. Follow their example. When you give, who should you give it for? The Lord. And you know what happens when you give secretly? when you give quietly, when you are not doing it for the eyes of man, but for the eyes of God, you know what happens? He says, give so that your giving may be in secret. And when you do that, your father who sees in secret will reward you. I gave money in the offering, but nobody saw me. God saw you. And your reward is in heaven waiting for you. Some of the most generous Christians in the history of the church, you know who they are? Exactly. You don't know their name. You don't know their brand. You don't know their company. And you know why? Because they don't want you to know their name. Because they're not doing it for you. They're doing it for the Lord. Because their father who sees in secret will reward them. Students, I'm calling you to follow the example of these Christians. I'm calling you to give in the offering, but, but to have the mentality, close your eyes, and as you're giving your offering, who am I really giving this to? Am I doing this right here? Everybody, eyes up here right now. Watch me. Are you doing this move? <clears throat> or are you doing the, God, for you. I want you to look for opportunities. Look for opportunities to give, not publicly. Look for opportunities to give and don't even open your social media. Practice following their example and give it to the Lord. Students, look at their example, okay? And follow it. Look what he tells them. He goes, you have excelled in everything. And I'm so grateful for a youth community that I can say, you guys have excelled in so many aspects of Christian life. This is literally the friendliest group of Christian teenagers I've ever met in my life. Dude, if I had a community of students like this when I was a teenager who welcomed me the way that you guys welcome each other, dude, my life would be changed at a so much of a younger age. You guys excel in friendliness. You as a student community, you excel in your knowledge of the word. I mean, look at this. Well, how old are you, Leah? 
How many 13-year-olds have their freaking Bible open, highlighted, and taking notes like this? What a weirdo, right? She excels in that. You go, girl. You're like, I was doing it in secret, not for the publicity of man. I'm so sorry. Your reward is still in heaven, okay? <laughs> you guys excel in loving people. I mean, you excel in, in carrying the gospel. How many of you are here and you, and you came for the first time within the last six months? I want you to stand up on your feet right now. You have been here for less than six. Don't clap for them. Stop it. Oh, okay. That's not the point. Stand up. Look at this. Look at this. All right. I still, I don't even know you, bro. You're brand new. I have, I'll meet you. But yo, my, my dude back here, my mango, mango ice cream man, Larry, Larry invited him, right? Larry invited you. Yeah. Sadie, who invited you? Stuart, who invited you, Miss King? Haley did, right? Who invited you? No one. You just walked in because you're the man, right? Who invited you? Yeah, your sister, right? Who invited you, Brody? My sister. Who, where's Bazell? Where are you? Who invited you, Bazell? Yeah, thank you. Sit down. You guys excel in being a welcoming community. Lexi, I see you, okay? I know who invited you. You guys excel. You excel. You know what else you guys excel in? You guys are bold, man. You're bold for Jesus. You guys are not closet Christians. Like when I was growing up, I went through this phase. I'd be at church and I was like, I love Jesus. And my friends would walk in and be like, hey, what's up? You guys are so bold, man. You guys are posting pictures on your social media, like, yo, hanging out with my Jesus people. Posting scriptures, right? I was th- Dave Petty, dude, in my small group. He's, like, taking, like, writing up, like, uh, he has, like, an art class, and they had to do, like, a calligraphy thing. And he's, like, unashamed, writing out straight fire calligraphy Jesus scriptures and posting that in class. And I'm just like, how bold are you? You guys excel in that. In the same way that you excel in that, I want you to excel in this act of grace also. I want you to be contributing your treasure. I want you, just like the Corinthians, I want you to be a a group. And don't stop, 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 because I know what you're doing right now. You're like, all right, tune out. This is not for me. I don't have money. I'm talking to you. You, sixth grader, seventh grader, freshman, senior, I'm talking to you. I want you right now, tonight, I want you to start giving radically, generously. I want you to excel in that. I want you to make a commitment in your heart tonight that you will start giving joyfully, like with a smile on your face, not under compulsion, like, (sighs) like, you know how you guys do the dishes, right? You know how you're like, as if that's going to make it go any better, right? Like, who, like I just want to be like, who are you grunting at? Who are you grunting at, right? Like, what are you, like, right? You're doing it under compulsion. Not Becky. Becky Petty's like, I get to do dishes! That's all I want you guys to give. <laughs> that's all I want you guys to give. Just like Becky, Okay. That's our new, hey, t-shirt guys, give, give money like Becky does dishes, okay? There it is, there it is. You don't give under compulsion because somebody's making you give generously. I want you to seek earnestly the opportunities and the privilege it is to participate in God's mission with your finances. You don't just sit back and you go, 
Yeah, if somebody asks for money, I'll give. You're looking, where can I give? God is at work in this world. How can I be a part of it? How can I contribute? God, where do you need my money? Ask him. Pray that prayer, and I guarantee he'll answer you. God, where do you want me to give my money? Seek opportunities. Follow their example. And you know why I want you to do this? Do you know why I, as your pastor, am calling you to excel in this act of grace? Because when you do, something dope happens. <laughs> Guys, there is so much more going on than you understand. Do you know what happens when you give generously like this? Otto, you know? Do you guys know what happens when you give? Let me show you. Final verses. Excel in the grace of giving. I say this, not as a command, right? We're not going to be like, from now on, if you're going to come to Citizens Youth, you bring four and a half dollars every week. I'm not, I'm not telling you this as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Students, I want you to excel in this act of giving because our gracious giving reflects our gracious God. Your gracious giving creates a spotlight that draws attention to our gracious God. You see, when you handle your treasure and your money like this, it shows that your love is genuine. It shows your friends and everyone around you that the gospel that you're sharing is genuine. It proves it. And so think about it. I know you guys. You guys are going out there and you are saying, I'm going to tell them of a God who gave so much of himself away for those who are spiritually poor. I'm going to tell them of a God who is so far above us and who's so different from us, and yet he stepped down to come near to us. I'm going to tell them of a God who left, literally left the comforts of heaven, and though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. I'm going to tell them of that. I'm going to tell them of a God who is crazy generous with his grace and mercy. Yes, tell them, students. But what Paul is saying is that you should also take every opportunity to show them. Show them what your God's generosity looks like. Show them that God's generosity is what is fueling your generosity. Show them what it looks like for a generous God to give to those who are in need. Show them that God's grace and his generosity, they're not tired cliches. These are very real experiences that we can experience. Show them that the gospel has taken root in your life and that the grace of God is so real that just like the wind bends trees, God's grace is bending and affecting the way you live your life. Show them that God's grace can radically transform their lives if they simply come to the giver of grace. Citizens, youth, let us give generously so that we can show the world the beauty 
of God's grace. Let us give generously so that we can reflect our generous God. You guys want to do that? Like for real? Do you want to engage in a a practical response here where you can put your money where your mouth is, quite literally? Would you guys like an opportunity to not just tell the world about the gospel, but to show them? Are you guys interested? Okay. Well, let's do it. I have an opportunity for you, okay? We're going to do what Paul did. What did Paul take? He took a offering. I called it a different word. He took a collection for the saints. Everybody say it together. Collection for the saints. That's a nice little phrase and nugget of Bible history. Tuck it away right here. Lock it up. Close the door. Lock the key. Ah, It's in your heart now, okay? It's in your heart. He took a collection for the saints, and we're going to do the same thing, okay? We're going to take a collection starting next week. Actually, we'll do it um, starting Sunday, Starting Sunday, then Wednesday, then the next Sunday, and then, ooh, next Wednesday again. And we're going to take a collection for a ministry called Samaritan's Purse. And right now, Samaritan's Purse are helping people who live a few hundred miles away from us in California and Oregon with the wildfires. Okay? So we have a video queued up here. I want you to watch this video, see what they're doing, and then I'm going to explain how we do it. Hi, I'm Tom O'Brien with Samaritan's Purse. We're in Santa Cruz, California. Hi, I'm Tom O'Brien with Samaritan's Purse. We're in Santa Cruz, California. On August 16th, there was some dry lightning strikes that started a horrendous forest fire. Homeowners were given very quick notice to grab their belongings and get out. Many left with just the clothes on their backs, got in vehicles, and got out as quickly as they could. Over 900 homes were lost. 900 homeowners were suddenly without homes. We've come today to help them sift through the ashes to find some of those valuable items that might still be left behind. And we've come to share the gospel and show them God's love. It's one of the greatest privileges we have to come alongside people in their time of need. Please pray for the homeowners who have lost their homes here in Santa Cruz County. And if you can come and volunteer with us, please come. Love on these homeowners as we serve in Jesus' name. All right, that was an audio clip I wanted to share with you. And so check it out. I'm sure you caught the gist, right? And so we are going to send, we're going to collect some money, and we're going to send it. We actually have a couple of our youth staffers who are going to be going and being a part of this trip in in Oregon, potentially even with a few of our student leaders. So we'll see what that looks like. But um, we're going to collect some money, and here's how we're going to do it. Two ways, all right, show me a deuce. Two ways that we are going to participate and give generously. Number one, today is the grand opening of the Citizens Cafe, okay? And so every... (laughs) You guys love your coffee. Hey, uh, starting tonight, every week from 6 to 7, you guys can come a little bit early and all drinks are $1. All right? So if you want a hot chocolate, a dollar. If you want a mocha, a dollar. If you want an Italian soda, a dollar. But guess what? You don't have to just put a dollar. You can put as much money in there as you want because everything that we collect at the cafe is going to give, be given generously 
to this mission. And then when this one's done, we have another really cool one coming up at Christmas time with some uh, Christmas shoe boxes. So, um, so hey, so you can come drink in order to give generously. And then the second thing we're going to do are some Pringle cans. And so here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to do this. These Pringle cans up here, yes, they're filled with Pringles, but not for long, Lucy, not for long, okay? You're not allowed to have a Pringle cane just if you want Pringles. That's not for you, okay? If you are here tonight and you want to take action and be a part of the collection for the saints, I'm going to invite you down in a moment and you can grab a Pringles can and you take it home and you empty it however you want to do that. I won't ask any questions. You empty the can and that is your collection jar. And every week, Sundays, Wednesdays, you're going to bring your, your Pringles jar filled with cash money, filled with coins, and we're going to dump it into a big water jug that we have up here. And guess what? At the end of a few weeks, we're going to give that water jug. Maybe that water jug will become two water jugs. Maybe we're going to give so far above our means, we're going to give three water jugs. Who knows? But we're going to give those water jugs to Team Goheen over there, and they're going to take our collection for the saints and bring it to those people in need. And we're going to say, hey, this is what God's love is like. Hey, there are people who have given what they have to those who don't. You know why? Because that's exactly what God has done for us. Because our gracious, generous giving shows the grace and generosity of our creator, God. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. When I say amen, if you want to be a part of it, you come down and grab a can and bring it back to your seat, okay? You don't have to. Listen, listen, listen. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, yo, for real though? I don't think I'm ready for that yet. No problem. Go home, think about it, read the text, re-listen to this message. And then if you want in, Courtney's got some extra Pringle cans, third drawer from the left, under her desk, okay? Secret stash, blowing up your spot. So I want you to stand to your feet, I'm gonna pray. When I say amen, you can respond. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you so much that you have saved us. God, you graciously stepped down from heaven so that us who were spiritually poor could have eternal life. God, your love, your generosity, your grace is like the wind that is blowing on and influencing every aspect of our lives. And so, Lord, we want to worship you with our money. We want to give generously to your mission because you, God, are a generous God. And so, Lord, would you help citizens youth excel just like they are in so many other things. Would you help us excel in, in, in generosity and giving? Would you create a radically generous community of students who give so much more than they should ever probably be given? And then, Lord, would you give back to them everything that they give to you? Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We thank you for the opportunity to participate in your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's respond.